Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Just a reminder about my new podcast. If you are a soul-guided and purpose-driven business person, and you want to write a book that's channeled directly from source, so it's the truest expression of yourself, my new podcast is for you. I give you insider tips and secrets in brief, digestible episodes to write your book efficiently, easily, and quickly with the result of creating a book to use as a business tool or to attract more clients. If you don't know how to start your book and you're ready, listen to How to Write a Book Fast for Spiritual Entrepreneurs. The link will be in the show notes. Let's move on to the show. This is season two, episode 22, Bitcoin Spiritual Meaning and NFTs Explained Simply. Okay, I've been researching for weeks (laughs) to bring you this episode because I wanted to break down Bitcoin and NFT simply so we can all understand them, including myself. And once we get into the topic today, you will realize it's a metaphysical concept. However, I have to give you the disclaimer so you don't sue me. I am not a financial advisor or professional of any kind well, financial professional of any kind. (laughs) This episode is not intended to be financial advice. If anything inspires you in this episode and you take action, that action is solely on you. I want to start first with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the most popular and right now the most financially valuable form of cryptocurrency or digital currency. It trades on the stock market under its common name, BTC, today, or actually it was yesterday, at 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, April 26, 2022, one BTC or Bitcoin is worth 38713 U.S. dollars. It's actually a significant drop Um, from not long ago when it was trading around $42,000 US. Bitcoin is extremely volatile. Since it came into existence in 2009, the price has fluctuated astronomically with sometimes it's up 30% and then it's down 90%. From all my research, the major key to investing in Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrencies is you have to be okay with major fluctuations. It's basically the Wild West. If you want safe and stable, crypto is not for you. Also, crypto is unregulated, meaning the government doesn't oversee anything. You are on your own. Now, the other cryptocurrencies such as Tether, XRP, Cardano sell like penny stocks, meaning right now they're not worth much. Every crypto has its benefits and drawbacks, such as Litecoin, which seems to use much less energy than Bitcoin when being created and is definitely not a penny stock because it sells for around $100 US per Litecoin. The other major crypto is called Ethereum, which is priced at 2,879 US dollars per one Ethereum. Ethereum is the crypto that is used to buy and sell NFTs, which we will get to later. How is crypto made? Crypto miners use these supercomputers 
to create or mine crypto. These supercomputers form a network of computers called the blockchain. The problem is these supercomputers or systems use a ton of electricity, hence a lot of energy to mine coins. If you search Bitcoin computer, you can see how huge and complex they are. Crypto creators are called miners. Bitcoin miners, for example, are basically trying to solve complex math problems. So let's say Jane is a miner. She solves the math problem and presents it to her peers or network of miners. The other miners must agree that Jane definitely has a correct solution. Once the network validates Jane's solution, Jane's new solution or block becomes part of the chain and Jane is awarded six Bitcoin. In today's market, Jane makes $232,278 US dollars for solving that math problem. Oh, and by the way, it takes one of these supercomputers 14 days to mine one block. Miners used to make more Bitcoins for solving a problem, but every so often Bitcoin halves the reward money. As of November 2020, a successful Bitcoin miner will receive six BTC. Bitcoin is seen as a reliable asset because of its scarcity. The limit of Bitcoins produced is set at 21 million purposely to create scarcity. The last BTC will be mined in the year 2140. When we discuss NFTs, you will understand the concept of scarcity more. And I know it's a dirty word in the law of attraction world, but it has a positive meaning here. Think about the Mona Lisa. If there were 5,000 Mona Lisa paintings, they wouldn't be worth much because there's only one. The Mona Lisa is currently valued at 870 million US dollars. That's the idea of scarcity in this regard. Some fun facts about Bitcoin in particular. We still don't know who invented Bitcoin in October 2008. Someone under the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto authored a paper entitled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system, which blew up the internet. No one knows who Satoshi is to this day, and many believe he is a group of individuals. The first ever Bitcoin transaction occurred on January 12, 2009, when Satoshi Nakamoto sent 10 Bitcoin to computer programmer Hal Finney. The first US dollar Bitcoin transaction occurred in 2010 when a developer named Laszlo Hanyetz exchanged 10,000 Bitcoin for US dollars at the market price of only $40. <laughs> so he could buy a pizza for his family. Today, Laszlo's 10,000 Bitcoin would be worth 38 million US dollars. That pizza better have had toppings and crust made out of gold. And <laughs> Laszlo, I really hope it was the best pizza of your life. Okay, I hope I explained crypto and Bitcoin pretty well, or at least simply to give you just a basic understanding. Now I want to discuss the spiritual aspect of crypto, and this is in my humble opinion. 
Personally, I like the idea of crypto because I believe it has the potential to level the playing field a bit more between the haves and have-nots. If you remember, astrologer Sarah Ray came on and she said, we will always have the elite that's not going away anytime soon. And I 100% agree, but I do like the fact that all of us could potentially benefit from crypto. The most spiritual aspect of crypto to me is that we are moving toward an asset or currency not being backed by a physical object, such as cash being backed by the physical object of gold, which if you look at 2008, the US just kept printing money anyway, so the gold standard barely exists anymore. I like that we are moving toward a more conscious way of thinking of money. It is a created energy, literally, that can be used on a global scale. It's one currency for the world. It connects the collective conscious. I feel it's a step in human evolution because as I said in the liminal dreaming episode, human evolution will be all in the mind. Those of us who can access our minds in powerful ways will evolve. I see crypto as a way towards dipping our toe into the realm of non-physical objects and that money can be stored as energy. Interestingly enough, I read a Bloomberg article about co-founder and former Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey, entitled, How Jack Dorsey Quit Twitter to Become Bitcoin's Spiritual Leader. Uh, those who know Dorsey view him as a seer of sorts. His ability to tell the future is a double-edged sword. He, <laughs> I found this funny. He doesn't concern himself with immediate things, which frustrates his employees, understandably so. Could you imagine that? You're trying to get an answer on something immediate and he won't answer you. That's tough. But instead, he focuses on future trends. And many say what he focuses on, he's often right. But of course, like any other seer, he does get it wrong sometimes, but he's more often right than wrong. He was one of Instagram's earliest investors. He championed remote work before COVID, even announcing he would move to Africa for three to six months in 2020 and work remotely there to prove his point that talent can work from anywhere. It didn't happen, though, because of the pandemic. He went all in on Cash App when it was a losing bet, and now it has 44 million monthly users. Dorsey renamed his company, formerly Square, which takes online payments, and he changed that name to Block Incorporated to incorporate Bitcoin payments. Block is also working on Bitcoin mining chips and creating its own hardware wallet so people can safely store their Bitcoin offline. And the company is involved in a venture to build a Bitcoin mine in Texas using solar panels provided by Elon Musk's company, Tesla. Is Dorsey right? Does he see what I see, that Bitcoin may be the future? Let's move on to NFTs. Researching NFTs was complicated. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was surprised how involved it was. And the book I listened to was good, but somewhat boring. So this part was definitely tougher for me, but I will give you a simple overview. An NFT is a non-fungible token or a non 
interchangeable unit of data stored on a blockchain that can be sold or traded. Types of NFT data units may be associated with digital files such as photos, videos, and audio. A good way to explain an NFT is it's like a baseball card. So in baseball, Babe Ruth was the most famous player. And if you bought his baseball card in his rookie year or his first year of playing professionally, which was 1915, and then you kept that card, it would be worth an insane amount of money. In fact, a Babe Ruth rookie card sold for 2.46 million US dollars. And that's the idea behind an NFT. It's original and collectible. And again, its value is in its scarcity. The most popular form of NFTs right now is art. You can create a digital art gallery for yourself by collecting NFTs from artists. In other words, an artist you like creates a digital photo or painting or other artwork, and you can buy it with the cryptocurrency Ethereum. These art NFTs are no joke. In fact, digital designer and artist Mike Winkleman, who goes by Beeple, that's B-E-E-P-L-E, sparked a global frenzy for NFTs after Christie's sold his digital collage for 69 million US dollars in March 2021. Music NFTs are a fascinating concept as well. The popular band Kings of Leon released its new album in the NFT form by using three different tokens. They offer perks with each token, such as exclusive audiovisual arts, and the sale of the three tokens was only open for two weeks. After that, no more tokens were created and the tokens became collectible. Kings of Leon made history by becoming the first band to release an NFT album. Again, the scarcity concept. And I thought this was so brilliant with all the competition out there for music. They really made a name for themselves doing this. So bravo to them. People are now buying <laughs> this one. Okay, this one is hard for me to wrap my mind around and I'm starting to and it's funny because the author of the book talks about this. And he also said, I didn't know how I felt about that. It took years for me to wrap my mind around and now I'm all about it. So I'm curious to see how I'm going to feel in a few years. People are now buying virtual real estate and brands are leaning into setting up NFT storefronts so people can shop and then receive the purchase item via snail mail. So instead of Chanel buying Prime storefront in the heart of New York City for millions of dollars, their storefront is now an NFT and you can purchase their products with crypto. They talked about in the NFT book how Chanel had just purchased a storefront in New York City for something insane like $140 million. And think about it now with what the city's going through and COVID and it's not anywhere near as busy as it was before. Not saying it won't bounce back, but that's a lot of money to put down when you can just create, you know, an NFT and have it be, I wouldn't say free because uh, you have to pay people to create it, but a hell of a lot less money. So it's an interesting concept. The virtual real estate thing is it's interesting. There was an NFT artist who, I think she was an artist slash 
architect who made a virtual home that sold for half a million dollars. So I have to explore this concept more, but apparently people are really buying up this virtual (laughs) real estate. So I have to get into that and see what's going on there. The people who understand the NFT concept best are gamers or those who play video games. For years, they've been using tokens to buy virtual assets. Also, those who are involved in virtual world games, such as Second Life and Minecraft, understand this concept better than anyone. What I mean by that is, let's say you're playing a video game and you want to buy a sword. You know, it's a medieval video game and you buy it with tokens. So that's what I mean by that. And the people who do the video games and the virtual reality games, it really, it's really made me think differently about them because I, I was never into it. I was never into video games or virtual reality in that way. But I think it's a really fascinating concept that includes expanding our mind yet again. And I don't know if I'll ever be the person to play a video game just because I find them a little boring. I don't know if I'll ever be the person to go on virtual reality. But at the same time, when you think about it, right, when you're making a purchase on Amazon or you're making a purchase on another online store, that is in a way going into a virtual reality because you're not going into a physical storefront and doing it. So I think we're all becoming evolved in this way. So how can you and I benefit from NFTs? Creating an NFT can help elevate a brand, especially in the arts. And you see this time and time again, when you read these stories, it's artists who are virtually unknown and they become discovered and then they make a lot of money with their NFTs. But you have to know what you're doing. And trust me, it's complex. If you want to see NFTs, check out rarible.com. That's R-A-R-I-B-L-E.com. Indefinitely research, research, research. If you want to create an NFT, it's best to hire someone who can help you. As you can see, like Bitcoin, NFTs take us further into virtual existence. They expand our mind and connect us on a global level, which is so metaphysical. I like how unknown artists and brands can be discovered. And I love the idea, I love, love, love this idea of collecting virtually instead of having physical objects. I mean, you can open your phone and show your art collection. To me, that is amazing. I am an absolute minimalist. If you came into my house and tried to rob from me, there's nothing to rob. (laughs) I don't know what you would find. Maybe you take a dog, maybe you take a dish, but (laughs) there's not much in this house because I am an absolute minimalist. So I love the idea of having these assets virtually. I think it's, it's so great. I also think NFTs are a more understandable bridge from physical assets to virtual assets. Because with NFTs, you are receiving a digital image, a music or audio file, and that may ease the minds of those who want something a little more tangible or physical. The last thing I want to say is both Bitcoin and NFTs are not a get-rich-quick plan. It takes a good amount of time and energy to research and know what you're doing. 
I've been researching for weeks and I'm still researching before I decide to delve into this NFT and Bitcoin world. And I think I want to do it, but I still have a lot of research to do. So don't just jump in. Make sure you know what you're doing. Uh, I can definitely give you the names of the three books I read for this or listened to for this. And also there are plenty of rooms on Clubhouse where they talk about crypto and NFT. So you may want to check that out too. Also, if this is something that interests you, you have to safely store your crypto and NFTs in a hardware wallet, which is similar to a USB drive. You have to decide on the best place to make your purchases. Where are you going to buy your Bitcoin? Where are you going to buy your NFTs? And if you're in the US, you have to report all of your crypto profit for taxes. But please check with your accountant first because I'm not a professional. Lastly, spiritual and metaphysical people like us should know about non-traditional ways to become prosperous. Yes, it's a risk-taking venture and certainly not for everyone, but if crypto resonates with you, it could be a fun spiritual side hustle. And the reason I wanted to bring this to you today is I think as spiritual people and as metaphysical people, many of us, and, and now I'm I'm actually removing that blockage for myself. Don't think that we deserve a lot of money. We don't think that we can access a lot of money, but we actually can. And we don't have to do it in the traditional way. You know, it's not all about a 401k and a pension plan, which by the way, those things are going away anyway, at least the pension plans are. So we can do things in non-traditional ways because we're also really highly intuitive people. So Again, not giving financial advice at all, but I'm just saying, look into it if it's something that resonates with you and, you know, you listen to this episode and it's a week later and you're still like, huh, I'm thinking about that episode. Maybe it's something to look into. I tell you, why not? You know, at least look into it, cover all your bases and see if it's the right opportunity for you. Again, if anyone wants the names of the three audiobooks I used for resources today, please DM me at two inches off the ground or email me at freespiritpodcasts at gmail.com. I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. I know there are many podcasts out there, but you decided to listen to this one. If you expanded your spiritual and metaphysical knowledge in any way after listening to this episode, then I need your help. Please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. This gives my podcast more visibility to potential new listeners, and it motivates me to continue creating content for you every week. Leaving a review takes less than one minute and is highly appreciated. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground. <laughs>